Nikkei Asia News Roundup with Jada and Brian. Welcome to the Nikkei Asia News Roundup with your hosts, Jada and Brian. Bringing you the latest updates and insights on the dynamic world of Asia and more. Now let's delve into the headlines. This program is brought to you by Nikkei. India's imports of Russian crude oil fell in January to a one-year low, down 35% from last year's peak as New Delhi diversifies its sources. India's petroleum minister says the decline reflects a need to, quote, supply energy at the cheapest price, unquote, to the public. Thailand's bid to turn pants with elephant patterns printed on them into a tourist sensation has sparked a heated debate. Can the wide-legged pants be called part of Thailand's culture, even if 70% of the things being sold in the country are made in China? The Philippines has picked a consortium led by San Miguel Group to revamp and operate Manila's Ninoy Aquino International Airport, which is routinely ranked as one of the world's worst. Vietnam sends more students abroad than the next three ASEAN countries combined, nurturing scientists and engineers who are powering up the tech sector in their home country. Hong Kong's population reached 7,503,100 as of the end of 2023, marking a rise of 0.4% and reversing a recent downtrend, with most of the growth due to an arrangement that allows mainland Chinese to live in the city. Public toilets are getting more expensive in Japan, where the cost of construction has doubled over the past decade. In some communities, there have even been efforts to make public restrooms local landmarks. Now moving on to the next segment. China's Shangri-La high-speed rail welcomes tourists to Lost Horizon. A new high-speed rail line connecting the Chinese city of Shangri-La in Yunnan province has turned the formerly secluded getaway into a popular attraction for tourists, ushering in a shift in the local culture. Located in the Diqing Tibetan Autonomous Prefecture, Shangri-La sits 3,300 meters above sea level. The city was once a little-known community, but it became a world-class locale overnight after changing its name in 2001 to Shangri-La, which derives from the fictional place described in the novel Lost Horizon, published in 1933. The entire trip along the Lijiang-Shangri-La rail line on the Fuxing high-speed train takes just over an hour, and tickets start at around $6 to $7 providing easy access to Shangri-La that has ushered in a surge of young travelers to the destination and its picturesque scenery, ideal for social media posts. Bank of Thailand chief denies economy in crisis as the prime minister urges a rate cut. The Bank of Thailand resisted calls to hold an emergency meeting to cut rates, 
with its governor saying that the structural and cyclical problems weighing on the Thai economy will not be solved by a reversal of monetary policy. In an exclusive interview with Nikkei Asia, Governor Setaput Sutiwat Naruput said the central bank is not dogmatic about its current decade-high interest rate, but urged a look behind recent numbers that show weak economic growth and negative headline inflation. He said, quote, if we lower rates, it's not going to make Chinese tourists spend more or cause Chinese firms to import more petrochemicals from Thailand or cause the government to disperse the budget more rapidly. Political pressure on the central bank has mounted as headline inflation came in negative for four consecutive months, largely due to government energy subsidies in tandem with weak tourism receipts and export contraction. But at its February 7th meeting, the central bank held the policy rate at 2.5 percent, rejecting Prime Minister Seta Tawisin's call for a cut. And now for news highlights. In each episode, Jada and I have a discussion about a recent article that has particularly captured our attention. Today, we are going to talk about K-Defense. So if, um, if, if I'm being honest, yeah, I'm a I've fan of, of K-pop. Yes, K-pop and K-drama. K-drama, but K-Defense. K-Defense. It's a new term that's uh, emerging, I, I should say. The South Korean president, uh, Yoon Suk-yeol, actually has, uh, <laughs> is, I guess, coining that term. Um, when he visited, uh, I think, uh, Hanwha Aerospace, uh, one of the major companies in South Korea's defense industry uh, in December, he wrote in the uh, guest book that he supports the bold challenge of K-Defense. And uh, let, me, let me throw some uh, stats here yes, that I yes. saw in the article that really stood out because I didn't, I didn't realize this that much, but currently mm-hmm. South Korea is the world's ninth largest uh, weapons mm. exporter, mm-hmm. which is only 4.9% of the global total, but considering nearly half of that is taken up by the United States, yeah. that's a pretty significant mm. amount. Uh, in 2022, South Korean companies exported $17 billion in weapons, mm. and uh, last year it was $14 billion, but they're expecting this year to go up again, which, uh, and that's the other thing about this K-Defense that mm-hmm. the president's talking about. He wants to take that ninth place position, and by 2027, make it fourth place in the world. mm, That would be a big jump. The story is talking about the big driver for this uh, Mm. increase is the uh, uh, tensions around the world, notably the Ukraine war. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Along with its long history um, with uh, North Korea, Ukraine war has kind of uh, given South Korea the chance to raise its profile, I I should say, in in the global defense uh, sector. But it's it's not really directly supplying because, you know, obviously they don't want to create conflict with Russia uh, or Putin. Yeah, they're trying to maintain some form of diplomatic relations. Yeah, there. yeah. So, so they're selling them to countries such as Poland, mm-hmm, which then mm-hmm. Poland sells its weapons to Ukraine. And the one of the one of the quotes in the story is uh, that there are other countries supplying weapons like Germany and, uh, mm-hmm. of course, the United States. And uh, but they say that South Korea's are cheaper and more reliable for the price they're paying, hmm. which sounds like that, that, that these companies have a... It's not just the industrial experience of making cars and uh, ships, but it's also a uh, more... a more... How do I put this? A, a 
stressful history for the past 70 years because South Korea has a very uh, belligerent neighbor to its north. <laughs> yeah, um, and the threats from North Korea, um, I guess we, you know, we can say that it, it's rising, um, which touches on another story that we recently had um, about Yongpyong Island uh, near the South Korean-North Korea border. And this kind of focuses on that North Korean threat and the effects on that island. Yeah, there's a map that we have in the article that shows where it's located. In a, it's out to the sea, if you know where Incheon Airport is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of out in that area, but it's right on the edge where the maritime border snakes around the waters. Yeah, it's on the Yellow Sea. It's very close to the very close, I mean, just yeah. kilometers away. Yeah. They can see territory there, and uh, they've had incidents. About ten years ago, there was a incident where nearby ships clashed between North and South Korea. And in January, mm -hmm. there was a, quote, an exchange of artillery fire between the North and the South. And that really got people on the island uh, paying more attention. Yeah, the story uh, has a lot of good quotes, but uh, one person um, that lives on the island, he, he gave a very kind of striking quote. Uh, he said, the threat is more serious than before. Over the past few years, North Korea has done so much to develop more weapons. So that, again, goes to, you know, why South Korea's defense industry is kind of uh, getting bigger. This threat is getting bigger, so. Yeah, and it's, it's, you know, it's an anecdote, but this man has lived on this island his entire life. He's an elderly man, mm -hmm. so he's been through this history his entire life. And uh, he was commenting that in the past few months he's been having more heart palpitations and mm. he associates that with the rising tension. And Kim Jong-un, the North Korean leader, he's issued a string of statements recently. Uh, in January, he said that unification, which is a long-term stated goal of North and South Korea, was no longer possible and that the two are hostile states. So that's pretty strong words coming from him. Yeah, there's been the recent once again, testing of ballistic missiles by North Korea, I think, was also in January. Mm. There was a the destruction of the Peace Arch in Pyongyang, mm -hmm. and uh, there's these hints. I mean, I don't want to sound uh, you know, doomsaying, but yeah. there are these indications that things feel different. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, South Korea, they're they're building up the business of selling weapons. Yeah, yeah. And that brings us to the close of today's episode. We look forward to having you join up again for the next edition of the Nikkei Asia News Roundup. Stay informed, stay curious. Until next time, I'm Jada. And I'm Brian. See you again. Take care. This program is brought to you by Nikkei.